I am excited about what's happening on Tuesday nights up at the summit at 630. Uh, young adults from all over this region are coming together. Yes, they are. Yeah. And they gather there and, and, and they're creating this caring, worshiping, uh, maturing community of faith. So I stopped in last Tuesday for a little while and uh, Adam Frano was getting ready to speak and he had this wonderful video that he began his talk with that I'm going to take a little bit of that this morning and, and share that with you in just a moment. Before I do that, I want you to focus with me for just a few moments on Psalm 148. And, and this is what it says. It says, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him from the skies, praise him all his angels, praise him all the armies of heaven, praise him sun and moon, praise him all your twinkling stars, praise him skies above, praise him vapors high above the clouds, let every created thing give praise to the Lord, for he issued his command and they came into being, he set them in place forever and ever, his decree will be revealed forever. Well, I'm sorry, I just read something else. What? Put it back up there. Put, there you go. He set him in place forever. His dream will never be revoked. I just gave my own translation. <laughs> what do you think the theme of that verse was? Praise. See, you're smart. You've got that. So it's in this really large gathering, maybe an auditorium larger than this one, that Louis Giglio is, is sharing some thoughts about creation, and he puts up a, a, a picture of a pulsar. This is called the Vela Pulsar. We have the picture. There it is. A pulsar is a celestial object thought to be a rapidly rotating neutron star that emits regular pulses of radio waves and other electro electromagnet radiation at rates of up to 1,000 pulses per second. So he shows them this picture. He also displayed, we don't have it this morning, 47 Tuck, which is a cluster of stars containing 23 millisecond pulsars of which 16 were recorded. So, whoa, 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 whoa. Recorded? Why would we record a star? The creator of this universe, when he's talking to a man named Job, said this to him. It's recorded in Job 38, verse 4. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation, God says to Job? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set, or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars, what? Sang together, and all the angels shouted for joy. The stars sing. The psalmist went on to say this. He also said, praise the Lord from the earth, you creatures of the ocean depths. He said, oh, I want you to sing too, you that are under the earth in the sea. And he said, not only them, but he also said, young men and young women, old men and children, I want you to sing. So if we have this, this symphony of all of creation emitting sounds that are expressions of worship and praise to God, what would that sound like? And Louis Giglio said, it may sound something like this. 
And I just tried to imagine what would it sound like if you could just for a second be God and hear what he hears. And I can't get us there tonight, but I, I came close. I had a friend who helped me with this little iPad program. And, and I'm not a DJ, but I, I just a little thing, just quickly. And I, I want you to see how this works. I, I brought this guy in. Um, he's um, not somebody that we had going already, but um, I brought one guy in. He, he should, you should be hearing him by now. I don't know. Are we, are we on? Yeah, if we could get just a little more volume, that'd be great. Thank you very much. This even a little more volume would be fantastic. Thank you. I'm kind of maxed out here. There we go. This guy, we didn't look at his picture. He's PSR BO329-54. And he's only rotating one and a half times per second, which is not all that much, but we need him in our little experiment we're going to do here, okay? Um, and then we had the Vela Pulsar. You remember the Vela Pulsar, right? So that's that guy. That's a little too fast for what we're trying to do, so we're going to slow that down, okay? Now this is unedited. It's just two pulsars slowed down and put in sync with each other. It's not a real groovy crowd, I know, but I, I know where I am, but it's kind of groovy if you hear it. And some of you want to nod a little bit, but you don't know if that's allowed at a reform meeting. And so um, you just do as the spirit leads. But isn't that cool? That's just two pulsars. And so we're going to put the, uh, the millisecond guys in there. The ones you just heard, here they come. really clear like what are they singing and we tried this and you just got to know this is unedited we just dropped this on and this is what happened this is what they might be singing
with stars and whales. just singing with whales, Vela Pulsar, 47 Tuck. And the amazing thing about that is there is this whole symphony of creation music expressing praise and worship to God right now. And we're not even aware of it. And so I'm contemplating that this week. And then I'm hearing voices, because I heard this on Tuesday night, it's election day, and then the next day I hear people saying, oh, Romney didn't win, and we're going to hell in a handbasket. And the whales are going, how great is our God, sing with me. And others are saying, oh, Obama won, but now there's just incredible resistance. And, and, and our hope seems to be wrapped up in the fact that the right person must be elected or the whole nation goes under. And Vela Pulsar is saying, what are you talking about? That there is this, this God, this, this motion, and, and, and where are we in in our hopes, if our hope is only in that small piece, then we need something bigger and better. So Jesus lived in Nazareth, and for about 16 or 17 years, he had a blue-collar job. He was a carpenter. And one day, he put down his tools and took off his apron. And he walked out into a very broken world who said, there's nothing for us. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is here. What the whales and Vela Pulsar and, and 47 Tuck and, and you and I are singing about, he, he's here. The kingdom of heaven is here now. Something bigger and better has arrived. So four friends bring their friend who is crippled. 
and they bring him to Jesus because if the kingdom of heaven is here now, then if it's his will on earth as it is in heaven, if the stuff in heaven is supposed to be happening on earth where he is, then in heaven there are no cripples. So they bring him and say, we want him healed. And it says, Jesus said to them, take faith, take heart. And he says, your sins are forgiven. And the religious leaders say, whoa, 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 only God can, can forgive sin. And Jesus then says, so that you will know that the Son of Man has authority on this earth. He turns to the man laying on the bed, not being able to walk. And he says, now you get up and you walk. And the thing they brought you in with, you pick it up and carry it out. And he does. And the response is amazing. For Matthew records it. He says, when the crowd saw this, they were filled with Oh, and they what? Praise God. How great is our God who had given such authority to men. The kingdom of heaven has arrived. Now, put yourself in the place of those whom Jesus had come across, these who had been rejects of every other rabbi because they couldn't get into rabbi school. They couldn't follow anybody because they didn't have the goods. They were broken people who weren't able to elevate themselves to the place that someone would say, come follow me. And this rabbi comes by and says, come follow me. Because you got to understand when a rabbi says, come follow me, what it means is your life will change forever because you're going to follow me now and you're going to watch how I understand life, how I function in life, and you will replicate it to the degree that you'll have other people follow you in the future and they will live the same way that I'm showing you and we will continue living this path, walking on this path, living this life. So, if the disciples are following Jesus and Jesus is demonstrating and declaring and teaching them about the kingdom of heaven is here, then they too will have to define it, declare it, and demonstrate it as followers of this rabbi. How many of you in this place say, I'm a follower of Jesus? Do you get it? You're not a follower of Jesus until you are declaring defining and demonstrating what it is for the kingdom of heaven to be here. And quite honestly, we're rather weak at that. Why? Because I think we're missing the X factor. The X factor is a description of that which catapults us into our potential, the release of uncommon power to usher in something that is so needed and it can only be done if you have the X factor. And the disciples knew immediately what the X factor was. Because they look at Jesus, he's doing this stuff. They look at themselves, they're not doing this stuff. So they say to Jesus, teach us to pray. Because when you're with God and you're talking to God, you come out and boom, things explode. It's great. And, and we over here go out and, and nothing happens. So teach us the thing that you're doing there, that X factor, that prayer, because without the prayer, there is no X factor. And without the X factor, there is no power. There is no change. There is no ushering in. The kingdom of heaven is here. And so they say, will you teach us to pray? Oh, what's prayer? 
Prayer is this, this dialogue with God where he tells us how he feels about us and we tell him how we feel about him and then we talk about the world around us and then we have an understanding of where his kingdom needs to be established and he says, ask me for it because we're going to do this together and if you ask me, I'll bring my kingdom as it is in heaven right there on earth but you got to ask me because if you don't, I won't because you were created from the very beginning. From the very beginning, Adam and Eve were created in the garden. We as humanity were created to lovingly and authoritatively rule on this earth on God's behalf. We are his image here. We are his brokers of power. We release his kingdom. That was always his intent. God has never released his kingdom on this earth other than through a human. That's why God came in flesh. Because it had to be through a human. So in these next seven weeks, we're going to study how Jesus responded to that question, teach us to pray. And so we begin today. In fact, let's do this. Let's repeat the pattern that he gave, understanding that what he gave us was not a formula to get stuff, but a lifestyle to be something, that his power would go through us. And so you know the prayer, say it with me. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So just an unclear when you just prayed, our Father, which art in heaven, this is the one to whom all creation is singing. This is the one where there is this symphony that is echoing his praises even now. This is that awesome God who, although we are singing to him and praising him, the entire galaxy is worshiping him, he holds that galaxy right here in the palm of his hand because he is so large that when we begin to just get a glimpse of him, we are in awe. And those who even got a close glimpse of just part of him would fall on their faces and say, too big, too big, too big, because you're holy. You're so other, other, other than we are. And they would collapse and say, oh, I'll die because I've seen something so incredibly so, so incredibly large and so glorious and so full of light, I can't take this. And, and God would have to take care of them, otherwise they'd be destroyed because of the, the, the beauty and, and the magnitude of what they've seen. Now, you got that? You got, you got that picture? How large that is? And Jesus says, I want you to talk to the Father. And this is how you will approach him. I have a picture to demonstrate it. it. Our Father held closely in his hands. I want to propose to you that unless we understand him as Father, then we don't know how to approach him and we don't have the X factor and we're just anemic people. 
Jesus was so intent on us understanding this that he called God Father at least 200 times that have been recorded. The first time that Jesus actually publicly talked about God was at age 12 in the temple. And in that place that, just, that reflected his, his beauty and his magnitude, here's what Jesus said. Luke recorded it as they were trying to find him because they didn't know he was there. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my what? My father's house. First recorded instance. The last recorded instance that he spoke of, his, of, of God in the human bodies that we have it was on a cross. And here's what he said. Luke records this. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, 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 into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last. And so Jesus comes to us and he says, when you pray, you need to understand that you call him, and the Aramaic term that was used is Abba, Daddy, Father. So here's the problem with approaching him that way. In approaching him as Father, all of us in this place have had fathers who have had faults. Some of you in this place have had fathers who have been destructive, and some of you in this place have not even had a father. My, my dad is an incredibly loving father, and for many parts of my life, he was my mentor. But in his effort to make me a good man, he would always try to make me a better man. And the way that I interpreted that was, because every time I did something, he'd say, well, but if you do this, it would be better. And so I began to learn that the stuff that I did just didn't quite measure up. He wasn't doing it on purpose. He was just trying to make me a better man, but I could never become that better person. So I had to really prove myself on the football field or I had to prove myself in the classroom. And I began to equate my value with my performance and my success. So how did that affect me when I came to our father? Because I understood that our father is the father sitting here and taking me and holding me close. That is our father. So I came to this conclusion that if I'm good enough, then he'll answer me and I can get that place. But I also learned early in life that I'm not quite good enough because there's always a better way and he is the best. And if I can't even get better, how can I get best? So I'll just stay good. And so my prayers might be answered, they may not be answered, and maybe if I did enough stuff, he'd answer those requests. If I, just, if I pray enough, if I give enough, if I, if I talk to people about Jesus enough, maybe he'll hear me. And oh, if I sin, oh, it takes me a long time to try to get back up into this place. So I would, I would banish myself because I, I just wanted to save him the trouble. So I'd banish myself way out here, and I'd do a little dumpster diving in the spiritual world. If I could just get a little taste of mercy, if I could just get a little forgiveness, because I can't go back there yet, so I've just got to hang out here, and as other people are, are finding God and being blessed by God, I'll stay here because, boo, I'm just not good enough. And maybe one of these days, and if, there's a, if I go to some kind of spiritual meeting or revival meeting, he'll break through to that other person and embrace me, and I'll be okay. But on my own, I can't get there. And to be honest with you, I've talked to plenty of you that I think have that same opinion of yourself. You're dumpster diving in the spiritual realm when you should be embraced by him right here. The kind of faith we need in prayer 
is relational, not confessional. Too often, I am, I am out here in the dumpster saying, okay, I'll just be your slave. I'll do what I just need to do over here, but, but I still need answers to prayer. So I'll stand in the dumpster and I'll say to him, but your word says that you will supply all my needs. Your word, your word, your word says, your word says this. You got to answer. Your word says this as I'm standing in the dumpster. By, by, your stripes, I'm, by your stripes, I'm healed. That's what your word, your word says this. I told my friend, you, you've, got to, you've got to respond because this is what the, you've got to. And I stand in the dumpster confessing when in reality he wants me embraced by him right here, giving him thanks because being that close, I already know he's going to do it. This is so important for us to understand when it comes to prayer that Jesus gives us this wonderful story. It's about a first century dumpster diver. He didn't always live in the dumpster. He used to be intimately connected to the Father until his desires drove him beyond his relationships. And he said, my desires are more important. And so he took all that was his and he left his Father. He abandoned him. Life did not go well for him. He lost it all. He found himself in a horrible mess. And the story says that the father sees him coming back home, and as he comes back home, I can just imagine his hair is matted with mud and manure. His emaciated frame reveals his starvation. He smells like the pigs he's wrestled food from. And his thinking is so incredibly skewed. And Jesus tells the story this way. Luke records it in Luke 15. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I'll go home to my father and I will say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. He believes that he no longer has a birthright. He believes he can't go back to that intimacy. He believes he doesn't have the right to sit at the table with his father, to hear the laughter of the family, to incline, recline his head upon his father's shoulder. He says, I'll stay out here in the dumpster with the slaves because I got no rights. He is willing to stop being a son. But the father is not willing to stop being a father. That's where the story goes. Luke continues. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long, long way off, his father saw him coming, and filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. We have no English word for compassion that really, really, really tells what that Greek word is. It literally means to have the bowels yearn. Now, that is not an intestinal issue. It means that the love is so, so, so deep with this father that when he sees his son, it just explodes out of him. 
and he runs to his son. He bear hugs him. He kisses him. He says, put the robe on him because he's part of the family. Put the shoe sandals on his feet because he's not a slave. And put the ring of authority on his finger and let's party because my kid who was dead, who was lost, isn't now home. I like the way that Max Lucado describes it. He says this, the boy assumed he had forfeited his privilege to sonship. The father, however, doesn't give up that easily. In his mind, his son is still a son. He may have been out of the house, but he was never out of the father's heart. He may have left the table, but he never left the family. And don't miss the message here. You may be willing to stop being God's child, but God is not willing to stop being your father. We don't comprehend that. But we've got to if the X factor is going to be active in our lives. So my sister Jeannie and I have been confused throughout our entire lives as being twins. We were in the same grades together. For four weeks out of the year, we're the same age because I was born 11 months after her. And sometime in high school, it dawned on me, I was a mistake. <laughs> and my sister Jeannie was so kind to remind me of that periodically. You know, they wanted me. You, they had to take. <laughs> so often we seem to approach God that way because we say, okay, we had communion today, so we say, okay, thank you, Jesus, thank you, because you had a deal with God that if you died and, and you bled, then God would take us all. And so I got in as part of the package deal so I can understand why he wants Beth Moore and I can understand why he wants Billy Graham and I can understand why he wants Pastor Don, but me, like I'm the last kid in gym class and you're stuck with me. And so we just think we're, we're just kind of getting in because all the other good people are there and we're just kind of attached to them. I've heard of unplanned pregnancies, but I have never heard of an unplanned adoption. Mark Patmore, where are you, buddy? Come on up here. Here you go. Move over this way with me. Mark's so kind to do this because public speaking is not his thing, and, and, but he was so kind because I threatened him, and so that was a good thing. <laughs> so, so, Mark, how many, how many children do you have in your family, you and Andrea? Five. Five. How many are adopted? Five. Five. So did Andrea just come home one day and say, hey, look, I've got this kid named Xavier, and, and now you're a daddy. <laughs> Were you aware of the process? Yes. So it wasn't a surprise to you? No. Was it just her decision? It was our decision. Your decision. So when you decided to take these five children, so what guarantees came, I mean, really, what kind, of, what kind of resources and bank accounts did they come with? And, and what were the guarantees of their talents and their abilities for the future? Uh, no guarantees. No guarantees. And you still took them? Yes. Why? Hold that up there, will you? Okay. Because <laughs> uh, we wanted a family. You wanted a family. And um, through our experiences being foster parents, we knew we could do more. Okay. Do you love those kids? 
with all my heart. Even when they're not so nice? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have you had any of them ever disobey you? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so when they disobeyed you, did you just kick them out and go get another one? No. No. What has it done for you in here? Uh, fills my heart every day. Uh, it's just an incredible feeling being a father, and uh, especially knowing that we have the opportunity to really make a difference in our kids' lives every day. So, Thanks, buddy. Thank you for adopting those kids. It's made a difference. Thank you. You weren't an unplanned adoption. See, prayer is authorized by adoption, not by inspection. We have this problem, and Paul the Apostle makes it pretty clear. He said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. How many of you have ever, ever sinned? Today. All have sinned and come short of being in this place where God can hold us. We have sinned, and we have come short of the ability to be with him. And therefore, what has transpired, we are just like that prodigal where we say to God, our desires are greater than our intimacy with you, our relationship with you, so we're going to go do our thing. And when we do that, we become dead to the Father because we have separated ourselves, and we find ourselves in this dumpster wondering how we got here and not knowing how we're going to get back there because we have sealed our fate. We are dead to our Father. We are an orphan. So what do we do? Paul said this is what happened. He records it to the church in Galatia when he says this. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, and God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out what? Abba, Father. You are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. The law says you're not part of the family. You died to his fathering. You are in the dumpster. And Jesus said, how about I do that for you? I'll do the separating from the Father. I will take your penalty. I will take upon myself your being dead to the Father. And so he puts all of our sin on himself, and he dies. That's why when he was on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I'm separated from you. I've never been separated from you. And notice he didn't say, my father, my father, because he, he didn't have a father at that moment. He only had a God, one who judges, and he was judged guilty, and so he dies to the fathering of God. And at that moment, it gives us the ability to be adopted. But you see, we are so hesitant to do that because we say, oh, I'll just be a slave. But you don't understand that the moment that he died in the temple, there is this huge curtain that separated us because of our sins from the holy God. And when he died in that temple from the top to the bottom, it was ripped in two. 
And the right to be adopted was given to us and understand what happened at that moment. It wasn't us saying, oh, if you could just just look beyond my, my stupidity and my sins. Instead, you have a father who comes breaking through that curtain, running as fast as he can to the child that he has lost, coming toward you. And when he gets to you, he says, tell me, say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. My father. We get to say, Abba. And he brings us back to that place again. God's justice cannot dismiss our sin. But God's love can't dismiss us. He not only cleanses our name, he gives us his name. He not only gives us freedom, but he takes us home. So hear me and please hear me clearly. That no matter how bad you have messed up, He says, come back to me and crawl into my arms and let me hold you. It's your choice. You see, adoption is activated by acceptance, not performance. See, some of us, when we're sending back to God, we stop before we can get to his arms because we think we have to earn it. If I just do enough penance, if, if I just hang out here long enough and feel miserable, then God will go, okay, you're covered, come on in. But the problem is we never earn it. I mean, how's that working out for you? It's exhausting. And if the prodigal did not decline all of that love that he didn't deserve when he came home, why should we? Well, God says, I'll forgive you, and I'll embrace you, and I'll give you authority, even though you have been a miserable sinner. Shouldn't we just receive it? Some of you in this place, you get close to God, and all you're doing is saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm really sorry, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry for who I am. I'm sorry for what I do. I'm sorry, I'm measuring up. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Turn to the person next to you and just say, I'm sorry. See, we just do that. And we're so busy going, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. John, you need to write a song called Sorry. Just those words. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We're so busy saying we're sorry, we're not hearing God say, hey, come walk with me and let's enjoy life. If God took our sins and put him behind himself and said, I'll never remember them again, why should we? You say, but you know, I've had this promise of love before, but when I got promised love, I got abuse. And that's happened to some of you in this place. But I want to tell you that God is not the kind of father that holds you one moment and hits you the next. This is not the kind of, of being that loves him and leaves him. And if you don't come to him by a stellar performance, Do you think you can lose it by a poor performance? There is no performance. Adoption is not an achievement. It's an acceptance. John, a follower of Jesus, said this about Jesus. But to all who believed him and accepted him, you catch that? Accepted him. He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from who? God. So when my, our, our son Dustin was in high school, you know the story, how rebellious he was, and we, you've heard that before. And, well, we found out that on Sundays, 
for a while. While we're all in here worshiping, while, while we're together, pay no attention to these people. I don't know what they're doing. So while we're in here worshiping, I found out that Dustin was grabbing a couple of his friends and they were going in the gym playing basketball. Now we don't allow that, and I don't allow that personally. We didn't know he was doing that. How was the service today, Dustin? Dad, it was awesome. (laughs) You were so good. So one Sunday, Eldon, who was a security guard then, Eldon was checking things, and he walked back there, and he found him playing basketball. So he did what he was supposed to do. He went back, and he said, hey, guys, what are you doing? Playing basketball. Well, you can't play basketball. Get out. And they resisted him. So Eldon got a little tough. He said, you got to get out of here now. And my son says to him, because Eldon didn't know who my son was, he said, Dustin said, do you know who my father is? (laughs) Eldon said, no, I don't. He's the... He's the boss of you, and he's going to fire you. Well, I didn't, but I did get fired up. (laughs) When we come to prayer, Jesus is going to say to you, do you know who my father is? And so often we think, yeah, he's the boss, and he's going to fire us, and he's going to say, no, 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 no. Do you know who my father is? He's your father, too. So while Vela Pulsar is giving us the rhythm, and while 47 Tuck is giving us that incredible orchestration, the strings, and while the whales are giving us a little little bass thing going and some obligato, It's like an incredible movie track. And as you're hearing them lift worship and praise, can you see the action coming on with the music, with the score? See a father running so hard and so fast that the dust is kicking up behind him. And he's running straight for you. And behind him are his angelic angels, his servants, One is carrying a robe and the other a ring and the other the sandals. And he's running to you no matter what you have done ever. And he's saying to you, say it, say it, say it, say it. Come on, say it, say it, say it. Abba, welcome home. So your assignment this week. Guys, let me have the picture again is to think about that. Every time you think about God and you start to pray, see yourself in his hands because he removed everything that would keep you from being there. And this week, let's just think about our Father, the one that all creation is singing to because they're giving the background music to his care for you. But for that to happen, you got to come home. And so in just a moment, we're going to sing this song. You can just go ahead and start playing, Rick, if you will. How great is our God? You can't get the X factor and you can't get the kingdom really moving in your life. You can't do any of that stuff until you you wrestle with our Father and your place with the Father and Him holding you. 
so some of you need to come home now and say, I, I'm going to be a slave. And he says, no, 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 no. You're my son. You're my daughter. I'm taking you now. So let's go. Let's go. So in just a moment, I'm going to have you stand. And when I have you to stand, don't blitz out of here. I'll give you plenty of time to do that in a moment. But some of you need to come home today to a father who forgives you for everything. You may have given up being his child, but he never gave up being your father. And he's after you. And no matter how bad you messed up and how many times, it's just interesting when, when he said, Peter, how many times we forgive? Peter said, oh, seven times. And Jesus said, 70 times seven, which means we don't keep count. Yeah, but I've messed this up so many times. Doesn't matter. It's erased. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all, all, all unrighteousness because he is a father who cares for you. Today is your moment of freedom. His name in your life. You get to come home. And it will change your life. So in just a moment, I'm going to have you stand because we are family, we're community, because we live to, to ask each other this question. Someone's going to turn to you and just say to you, would you like to come home? And that means, would you like to come to Jesus? And when they ask you that and you know it's you, just say yes. And together, you're going to walk down here. We're not going to single you out or embarrass you, but we're going to have a prayer together because that's your step of faith saying, I'm coming home. I'm meeting God because he's running toward me. So would you stand? And I want you to turn to the people around you. You may have asked them before. You may know them well, but I don't care. You ask them. Say, would you like to come home to Jesus? Do it right now. Turn to the people and say it to them. And as they say yes, you come join me right here. Come on. That's it. Come on. That's it. Come join me right here. Galleries, just come down those steps. Balcony, come down the gallery steps. This is good. Now, some of you, somebody asked you and you were kind of afraid, well, what are they going to do? And you realize now that we aren't going to hurt you. And you wish you would have just turned to the person and say, change my mind. Come on with me. That's it. We'll wait. Come on down. just changed their tune and they're singing about you and the stars are going oh God look because this is all this whole thing is about your creator and you so this is this is the beginning of your journey and so we're going to pray a prayer that, that seals that and it's going to be from scripture and scripture is truth it is you releasing your sin and putting your faith in Jesus and so I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite you to pray the words after me and these folks back here so many of them have done the same thing and began this journey with Jesus they're going to say it with you to be an encouragement to you but just pray after me these words dear Jesus I want a changed life so you promised 
that if I confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me for my sins and cleanse me from all impurity. I confess that I've sinned and I put my faith in you. Now, according to your word, I am now cleansed. I am pure. My sins have been forgotten. According to your word, I am now a child of God. You have adopted me. So I receive everything you have for me. I crawl up into your arms and I lay my head on your shoulder. Embrace me. I'm home. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I welcome you home. And, and so, because this is so important, we want to assist you on your journey. So, Pastor Jason is going to go right up here by these doors, and there's a choir room back there. It's a, it's a close space for us to use. And I'm going to invite you in just a moment to just go up these steps. If you can't go up steps, the ushers will get you there. But we're going to just head back here for about five minutes. And we just want to, to give you some gifts to help you on your journey with Jesus. Those people you came with will be here, and they'll wait for you. If they don't, I'll take you home. I got you covered. And I just he's going to take a little time with you and help you on your journey. We're so glad you, you've joined the journey of following Jesus. It's a life change. It will last forever. So we welcome you to God's kingdom. Will you head that way? Follow Pastor Jason. There we go. So next week... Hallowed be thy name. We're going to look at his names and what believing in those names will do to answer your prayers. We'll give you a list so you can go home with it next week and begin to pray those names. It'll make a difference. So now, may you walk in the freedom that God has given you. May your guilt be removed by his great love. And may you find an incredible freedom in being with our Father. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.